Hey, and welcome to Colorful Conversations, brought to you by the creators of Kaleidoscope Living. I'm Tia, your host and occasional referee. Hey, I'm Tasha. And I'm Joe. We know from experience that living your best life begins with creating a home you love. So on this podcast, we chat about DIY, home design, and life at home. Our goal is simple. We want you to learn something useful and to have fun every time you listen. All right, y'all, here we go. All right, today is a little different. Fireman Joe is at work doing his real job. I know. So it's just us kaleidoscope ladies. It's kind of fun. I know. Don't he'll tell be Joe. Lu- he'll be lucky if he gets invited back. Oh, he'll I'm be kidding. like, that's good. I'm fine. <laughs> Don't make any promises. <laughs> today we're going to talk about how to find or create time to work on your home. But first we're going to talk about what's happening on Tasha's home front. Oh my god, so much. Ugh, tell us, tell us what's happening. Oh, so much. So we embarked. Today is a Wednesday. We embarked upon our renov home. Uh, oh my god, home. You can do it. I can do it. Pull through, Tasha. Words. Kitchen renovation on Monday, but that's kind of a misnomer. It really is more than a kitchen renovation because it also involves demoing the floor in our hallway, foyer and dining room. So it's more, it feels more like a first floor renovation. (laughs) Uh, It's like half your, over half your first floor. Oh yeah, it is. It's more than half of our first floor. So things have been a little crazy and, but it's, it's all good. We have, it's fine. That's my motto. Everything is fine. The good news is I feel like the big surprises were uncovered now that demo is pretty much complete and we have had to rework some things and get creative and solve some plumbing issues. But I feel like that is behind us. And today is a good day because they have finished demoing the floors, which means we can finally set up our temporary kitchen. And I never thought that having a temporary kitchen would feel like a luxury. But <laughs> but having been really without anywhere to even like set a plate while we're trying to prepare dinner for the past three days. I love that you're still eating at home. <laughs> that is so mind blowing. I mean, you know, I I jump ship the first chance I get to eat anywhere but I my house. So it's so funny to me that you're like, well, we're just going to push through this, guys. Well, if it makes you feel better, we did eat out the very first day. But the did you pa- eat at the restaurant or did you take it home? We did eat at the <gasps> restaurant. We ate at Chick Fil A. Can you what? believe it? <laughs> But partly, it. it wasn't partly Monday. The complicating factor is that the girls hadn't quite finished their homework, and we really didn't have anywhere super convenient for them to sit. So it was like, let's kill two birds with one stone. Let's go sit at a restaurant and eat, and also you can finish your homework. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, that's what's going on at home. It's busy. It's crazy, but it's. It's going to be great. It's going to be totally worth it, and we're going to have our temporary kitchen today, and I'm going to feel like the Queen of Sheba after that happens. Well, I'm, I'm, I feel like this is important to you, so it's important to me. Thank you. <laughs> and now, since it's just us girls here, we're going to test our relationship. I'm so excited about this. Which I already believe is very strong. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And so we're going to do a newlywed style okay. game where I'm going to ask the question and we're going to give what we think the other person okay. would say. Okay. So the question is, what is the biggest time suck in my life? Okay. Am I going to answer for you You're going to answer for me. <laughs> this is the first thing that popped into my head. I feel like it is loading and unloading your dishwasher. That's a good one. I just avoid that. I don't <laughs> actually do <laughs> 
It doesn't take up any of your time because you don't do it. I plan right. It doesn't take up any of my time. I just have seen the amount of cups <laughs> that are generated. It's the most fascinating thing to me. And so I'm I, thirsty all the time. Y- you have 18 cups at any given moment. So I feel like in your life that would be a time suck. But what what's your real answer? I was going to say social media. Oh, because I spend, you enjoy the I social do enjoy, media. I enjoy a good scroll. Oh, that's funny. I wouldn't have thought. I mean, I do know you well, love it. Well, thank you. But that's good. I, I feel like that's time well spent. <laughs> Research for my life and my job uh-huh. is the way I look uh-huh. at it. Uh-huh. All right. I would say your biggest – you're such – this is actually probably – this is a dumb question for me to ask because I feel like you manage your time better than anyone I've ever met. Well, that's – I appreciate that. I mean, I would – work. I feel like work sucks your time. Like that's what you're like most. That's what you spend the most time oh, at. And you're yeah. like, oh, I got I got distracted working. Nope, I've never said that. Oh, I mean, yeah, I feel like that's probably fair. I feel like I my time suck is probably that I have a real hard time turning work off. Yes, and so then I try to multitask. And that just winds up taking more time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like You'll that's like, a good answer. Well, I listened to three different courses while I was working. Yes. And wrote my grocery list. And we cooked dinner. And I'm like, wow, I just have been looking at Instagram for two hours. <laughs> that is true. I would say the only other thing I could possibly think of is I do feel like I probably spend some unnecessary time tidying up what I perceive to be big messes that really are not. And that's probably not I'm the best use of my time. I'm familiar with that type yeah. of person. <laughs> we have somebody at our house that that is his mm-hmm. time suck. Mm-hmm. I understand. All right. So we can move on now into the meat of the of the matter Let's here. Let's do it. And just a reminder, this is not an ordinary podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram because that is where we will announce our upcoming topics. And you can submit your questions for us to answer. If we pick your question, then we'll send you a free gift. Maybe a little swag. Maybe yeah. something exciting. Maybe an autographed headshot of the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> we did, y'all. This is such a random side note. But a couple years ago, we had professional, like, blog photos taken. And Tia and I were in a couple of the photos together. And we call them our engagement photos. <laughs> because They're really a, good pictures, though. They're great pictures. But I'm how many inches taller than you? A few. A few. I'm five three and a half. Five yeah, three. I'm five nine. So. Oh my god. Oh uh, yeah. When you say it like that, it really is a big difference. <laughs> but we, I don't know. Just the, it is a real cute photo. But we always, always refer to it in conversation as so, our engagement photos. So play your cards right, and we'll send you one to frame. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Autographed. All right. So we're gonna tackle tackle this question, Tasha. Yeah. So the tickle question, it. tickle it, tackle it, it, whatever. So the question I get by far the most often, especially in conversation, like if I actually run into somebody who reads my blog or who doesn't read my blog but knows how much we do to our house, I get the question like in the most flabbergasted way, like I don't understand how you have all this time to work on your house. Like you say it to me. You're like, we can't. I, I we- know you, and I talk to you every day, and I still don't understand how you get it all done. <laughs> I feel like Tia has said to me, like, we're still working on, like, patching the hole in our ceiling. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> that has been a six-month project. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do feel like there's a little bit of a method to the madness, and that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do, I want to make a few things clear. Because I feel like there are people who assume that we just magically have more time. And it's not that we magically have more time. We both work full time. Um, Now, granted, Joe's job does give us 
some flexibility that other families don't have. And that absolutely helps because he works 24-hour shifts and then he's home for 48 hours. And so we, we definitely have more weekday hours, like when our children are in school, than most people have. That helps. But I will tell you, you don't absolutely have to have that. And we, we didn't always. Um, the other common misconception is that people think, oh, she used to be a lawyer who worked a lot. She probably just works less now. Tia. No. The woman, I will have messages from all, mostly hours of the morning when I'm still asleep and she's had a whole conversation with me and I wake up to find quite a few texts and I'm like, wow, she started early this morning. Yeah. I mean, so I do not work less than when I was a lawyer. But before anyone feels sorry for me, let me also be clear that I don't have a desire to work less. Like working less would actually, it sounds sick and twisted and maybe is on some level, but I love what I do so much. I do not want to do it less. I am happy with the amount I work. But just to be clear, I work a lot, a lot, a A lot. lot. Full-time plus, I would say. Oh, for sure. Um, We also have two young kids. Our twin girls are eight now. They have activities. They have homework. They have playdates. They have all the things that normal kids have. And we don't have family in town nor do we have like a nanny. Like it's, we really are two people raising a family, working full-time jobs. We don't have extra support. So I'm just saying that by way of background so that you know I can relate to the lack of time that you feel, you know, is present in your life. we we would have said the same thing. I would still say the same thing now. Like, oh my God, we don't have any extra time. But y'all, if we can find time to work on our house, I promise anyone can do it. Unless you work 24-hour shifts every single day, you can find time (laughs) to do this. And I can attest, she actually has no extra hours in her day. Because when I started working for Tasha, I said, I feel like you're getting more hours in the day than I am. Like, is yours still 24? Because it feels like it's so many more. Because I'd come to work and she'd have done, like, 32 (laughs) projects. And I had literally done nothing. And so she does just have the same equal 24 that the Thank rest you. of us have. Thank you. Thank you for – I welcome. do not – and I do not have, like, what a clone. No. I, do, I have not managed that. That would be amazing. Yeah. But I have not no managed time it. Turner. So what we're going to do now is I'm literally going to walk you through the tips that we have used consciously. And now we're ju- – there's just so ingrained in us. It's just, like, subconscious at this point. But we're going to walk you through the tips to either find more time in your schedule or, for most people, you're going to actually have to, like – make concerted efforts to create the time in your schedule to do this. All right. Tia, are you going to take notes? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I feel like I mean, Tia, I feel like Tia's going to feel like I'm like attacking her throughout this whole thing because so many of the tips are pertinent, pertinent to her because she's like most people. There are things you want to do to your house, right? Oh, so, yeah. Long list. <laughs> but you do find it challenging to like make it a priority or find the time because I just I just blame it on my Enneagram number. <laughs> I get very overwhelmed very easily. So T is a nine on the Enneagram. Yeah, I'm just like I go into shutdown mode when logistics come into play. <laughs> if you're an Enneagram fan, she is a nine. I am a three. What is your husband? An eight. He's an eight. My husband is a one. I mean, Joe, so basically Joe's the perfectionist type and I'm the achiever. So we we are pretty much unstoppable. You're a dream team. That's <laughs> the dream team. Um, okay. Tip number one is a big one, and I feel like this is where most people completely fail (laughs) and get off on the wrong foot. Tip number one is do not begin until you have a solid plan, okay? What I mean by that is you need to take the time to think about what you want to change in your space. You need to make a plan for what stays 
and what goes. You need to create a budget, like a number that you're willing to spend. You need to like pick your color palette, decide on your patterns and your textures before you ever actually make a purchase or break out a paintbrush. Okay, and this is not the way most things unfold. The reason I know that is because when we bought our first house, <laughs> we did not take the time to like come up with a really cohesive plan before we started. And that is that is just an error we do not make anymore. I mean, if you read my blog and you recently followed along with our dining room makeover, I mean, Tia can tell you, I had, I was working on the like digital design or mood boards for that weeks before we actually started doing anything. So before we did anything, before we painted anything or purchased anything, we knew exactly what we needed to purchase. We knew exactly what the colors were going to be. And what all of that enables you to do is literally waste no time. So the bottom line is, you know, everyone's complaining about the amount of time they have, and rightfully so. I get it. But when you go into something without a plan, you're wasting the precious time that you do have to work on your home. So if you come up with a solid plan first, oh my gosh, if that's the only tip you follow, you will be better off than the majority of the population. So, you know, I as, as tempting as it can be to be out like shopping and you're like, oh, this is a great clearance furniture sale. I'm going to buy that sofa and then that's plan. That's how I operate. <laughs> And then plan my room around it. That that is going to lead to frustration. It is it is not the way to do it. You just gotta you just gotta think ahead. Go against your gut feelings <laughs> if you're like me and you think I'm just gonna amass all this stuff and then figure it out. That's not. I've I've now seen how to do it and. It's not, it's not a solid plan the way I've been doing it. Yeah. I mean, there are times that there are, you know, there are happy accidents. And I'm not going to say I've, I don't ever make, you know, a spontaneous purchase, but it is the exception and not the rule for sure. And I am always happier when we create a cohesive plan first, as opposed to making kind of random purchases without a plan. And then we have to figure out how to incorporate them into a space. So don't start until you begin, until you have a solid plan. That's tip number one. Okay, tip number two. This one's real hard for people. This is hard for fun people like Tia because she likes to, she's the most social person I have ever met. They do. This is our biggest problem. We talk about this all the time. This is our problem with budget, everything. So tip number two is once you have your plan, you have to make it a priority, which means you have to start saying no to other things, like anything that might stand in your way. So the way we think about it, like, for example, when we started, when we broke ground, if you will, on our dining room makeover, we had a deadline. We had a three-week deadline. Now, part of that is because I was participating in a room refresh challenge with a group of bloggers, and it really did have to be done in three weeks. But even if we had been completing it on our own, we would have set a deadline for ourselves. So once you, like that, in other words, you have to treat it like it is not an option. Because if you treat it like it's optional, then other things are going to creep up and get in the way. But when you make it a priority, when somebody says, oh, hey, Tia, can you um, come yes. to the- <laughs> I don't even hear what it is. I'm there. 
<laughs> can you, you know, can you participate in this parent, the school improvement team meeting? Sure. Whereas I'm, (laughs) CTO would be like, oh yeah, I mean, that's fine. We were going to paint the room, but we'll just do that another time. I'll fit that in between the 32 other things I'm doing today. Not a problem. See, I don't do that. When, when we, when we decide to do something, we are very prepared to say no to other things. So, I mean, I think that's something you need to be good at in life anyway. And I'm learning how to say no. I agree. It's not easy. Because I'm not it's only not social, easy. but also I'm a yes, a yes woman. She she is a people pleaser and a social butterfly. It's, it's a disastrous combination. <laughs> I would say I'm really I'm I'm neither. I do love people, and when I'm out, I am I am a social butterfly. But I'm a homebody, so I will say I acknowledge that it, this step, this tip, will be harder for some people yes. to implement than others. But the bottom line is, you should feel completely okay with saying to somebody, I'm so sorry, I can't do that. Why don't you check with me the next time? Because you should, once you make this a priority, it should basically be part of your schedule. And you wouldn't cancel a soccer game or a hair appointment, and you shouldn't cancel things like that either. But know that you're going to have to make sacrifices for whatever length of time you're working on a space. And that's just that. I mean, accept it. You're you're grown. You can do it. All right. So tip number three is to shift your mindset. And this is something that uh, I think this one, I feel like it took us a while to figure out. So for us, Tia's going to, I feel like Tia's going to laugh. You, We basically think of the time that we work on our house as like our fun relaxation time. <laughs> She's giving me a look. You. So, okay, here's the thing. If you had asked us, I mean, even before kids, if you had asked us, like, what do you do to relax? I'd have been like, we don't have any time to relax. But the bottom line is when we really evaluated our schedules, like I realized um, there were some TV shows we were watching. Like I'm totally up on Game of Thrones and I do read my new magazines when they come in the mail. So if you're being brutally honest with yourself, yes, you may be super tired and exhausted at the end of the day, but my bet is you find some time to relax. And we have just, when we are working on a space, that time that we might spend watching TV or reading magazines or whatever, taking our girls bike riding at, you know, Guilford College, that gets replaced with the time we spend working on our rooms. And... We have found that it is very easy to still treat that as like quality family time. But what is crucial is that you have to change the way you think about it. You can't be sitting there the night before thinking, ugh, we have to paint the room tomorrow. This is going to suck. If you think of it as like, ooh, like Joe recently, uh, when we were painting the dining room, he made a whole new playlist for us in Pandora. This is fact because I came over during that time and he was like, do you want to hear my new playlist? (laughs) And it was awesome. And so there are just so many ways to make it fun and to not make it feel like drudgery. Let's also point out you and Joe – enjoy doing these things together. You we you do. excel at teamwork. We do. We Not do. all of us couples <laughs> excel at teamwork. And mm. That, I don't want to say I'm not. We're not good team players at my house, but it tends it, it tends to fall a little, apart. A little more tension. There's a little more tension. Like we don't we can't hang pictures together anymore. And <laughs> we just are so different. And I feel like you and Joe are enough alike that you attack things in the same way. I mean, that is definitely fair. You know, I do think that there are some things that Joe and I don't do well together, but. This kind of this type of stuff we do. We tend to work well together. It tends to be 
for whatever reason, like we go into like uber support mode when we're working together. So instead of like being annoyed, like if let's say when we were doing our plank wall, like there were several planks that were either like we cut them and they were an inch too long or an inch too short. And I feel like a lot of people go into the mode of like, ugh, didn't you measure that? We're like almost the total opposite. I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm sure that was my fault. And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm sure it was my fault. It's very weird. But kind of barfy. It's like the more stressful a situation is to a point, the more we like, I don't know, rally, rally around each other. I know it doesn't like, I mean, I guess maybe if you don't get along, you should just, (laughs) you should just delegate what everybody's good at. Well, I do think there's a way to do it. Like, yeah, if you and Anthony know, like, we should not undertake hanging the pictures ourselves, then maybe one way you shift your mindset about it is like, all right, I'm going to take the kids out and have fun while you do this. And then we're going to flip flop. And I mean, I think there are different ways to accomplish it. Yes. For our family, the the four of us tend to like stick together in a room and we listen to music or the girls tell us. (laughs) I would be like, get out. (laughs) No one wants you in here. But I think if you fall into that category, you still have the responsibility to shift your mindset and just know there may be more division of tasks and you may not be together all the time. And that's okay too. That's totally fine. Um, but for Joe and I, like, even when we get our girls to bed there, I mean, we've had like, we've legit called them date nights when we like, we're like, oh, we're going to paint, paint a room tonight. We're going to pour some wine and we're going to, you know, maybe have shake it up with a new playlist, (laughs) but we have fun doing it, but it has, it is not by accident. It is because of the effort. Yes. We have put in the effort to thinking about it differently and to try to make it fun and know that it will pay off in the long run. Well, and it's not forever either. It's not a few weeks, guys. Not forever. And a tip, I think it's tip number seven or eight. We'll we'll come back to that. So. Well, I really do. I feel like you're speaking directly to me with these (laughs) tips. Like we talked about, I struggle in all of these areas. Uh, Before we go on to hear the next four, we're going to take just a quick break and hear a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Designer in a Binder. I want to talk to you about what Designer in a Binder is not. So it is not a long-winded guide about making better decor choices or deciding what to keep or throw away. It's definitely not a template about interior design styles people say you should use. It's really not even just a book. It's just so much more than that. Designer in a Binder is really a shortcut. So inside Designer in a Binder, what you find is a system that teaches you how to think and design your home like an interior designer for yourself. Designer in a Binder takes you by the hand and helps you create your very own interior design blueprint that is more customized to what you want than any interior designer could ever hope to achieve because you're the one who creates it from scratch. And it costs less than one hour with a licensed interior designer. And I'm super excited because the day has finally arrived and you can now pre-order Designer in a Binder to have a very special printed version shipped straight to your home. The binders are going to start shipping around June 3rd, but the quantities are limited, so I really recommend you pre-order yours if you definitely want a copy. The physical version is super cool and it comes with so much goodness, including a really pretty and custom three ring binder, custom tabbed pages, and enough worksheets for you to complete six entire spaces in your home. It also comes with a clear zippered pouch where you can store fabric samples and paint chips. My 
favorite part of Designer in a Binder is the reusable furniture scale, like architect shoes, so that you can easily draw out sample floor plans for your rooms. So it enables you to get the floor plan right the first time without dragging heavy furniture everywhere. And it also comes with some fun and functional stickers for you to use as you make plans for your home. To pre-order your copy of Designer in a Binder, visit designerinabinder.com. Spoiler alert, there's also special pre-order pricing for you to take advantage of. So just head to designerinabinder.com and reserve your copy today. All right, so we're back and we are hammering out how to find and or create time to work on your house. Yep, so we are up to tip number four, which is... Sounds simple, but most people skip this, and I alluded to it earlier. You need to set deadlines, right? Homework doesn't get done without a deadline. College projects didn't get done without a deadline. Basically, nothing life. in life no, happens yeah. without a deadline. So, and there's a quote by Dave Ramsey. I can't remember what, I think it was Entre Leadership is a book that I read by him, and this is a quote from that. Goals cannot be vague. Vague goals are not goals. They are dreams and wishes. That is the truest statement. I was like, I probably stood up in my bedroom and clapped clapped when I read that because it is the truest thing I have read in a long time. So bottom line, give yourself a deadline for any space you're working on. You know, try to be realistic. Understand that the deadline might get adjusted. Things usually take longer than you expect. But if you don't give yourself a deadline to start with, you're going to wind up with a half-finished job. Tip number five. Tia's going to laugh at this one. Because I'm terrible You're at the it. worst at this one. This is when I've got, I'm like, it's, I got somebody helping me this afternoon. <laughs> Tip number five is to ask for help. I really struggle with this. I am not great at asking for help. It makes me very uncomfortable, even though in my experience, people are always happy to help when I have asked. But you need to be willing to ask for help. That could be that you are asking for help with your kids, you know, like, Tia, if you decided you wanted to paint your kitchen cabinets, that would be the perfect time to say to the grandparents, hey, I need I was ch- going to ask you, can oh. my kids live with you for a few weeks? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Smart move. But there there are, you know, Tia didn't have any family in town no. either, but I feel like if she were going to take on a big project, she could probably rally the grandparents to, like, take the kids and do something fun for a couple of days. Um It could also be in the form of actually asking help for the project itself. We have done that. Um, My stepdad is like the most amazingly handy guy ever. And so, uh, I mean, this is pre-blog, but we had to basically rebuild the entire front porch of our old house um, in a historic neighborhood. It was no small task. And we needed help. And he... specifically big strong help like stronger than Tasha (laughs) and so he came in and helped us with that but y'all little simple things like carpooling arranging for carpooling if your kids have activities can buy you actually really big chunks of time that you're probably not currently Tia's taking advantage of these. I recommend actually this for all points in your life, I mean, not just for true. a project. No, you're absolutely right. I'm the, I'm the queen of like organizing carpooling and you take my kids, I'll take your kids. and Yes, like kid swaps. So yeah. get creative with how to ask for help. The, the, the awesome thing is, is that with tip number three, when you set deadlines, you can actually look at your calendar and determine when you need the help. If you need somebody... You know, if you really need to free up your evenings one week, find somebody who can take your kid to soccer practice or swim practice or whatever. 
Um, and, you know, the fact is most people that love you and care about you are happy to help, especially if they know you're going to reciprocate somewhere down the line. <laughs> Tip number six. I'm laughing because Tia is like, Mm-mm. Can y'all tell we're pretty much opposites? Yeah, we are. <laughs> opposites attract. Tip number six is for any of y'all with young kids, and it's, but this is a big one. It's to get your kids involved. I feel like parents as a whole feel like when we're trying to tackle big projects, a lot of us immediately go to like, oh my gosh, how, what am I going to do with my kids during that time? I Or they feel like, well, that'll be boring for my kid or that's mean to make them help us. Like that's not enriching and cool. Y'all, first of all, I think it's incredibly enriching. But here's the thing. It's their house too. I mean, Joe yeah. and I feel very strongly. This is their house too and they should contribute to it. I don't feel bad at all. I don't know. I think that's interesting because I don't know anybody that feels bad about really? that. Really? Oh, yeah. No. Anthony did yard work all weekend and his little buddy was out there. Good. And he was like, let's go get the rest of the mulch today. And yes. Anthony's like, I'd like a break now. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I feel like I agree with that. And as much as I say I don't want my kids' help because they're well, tornadoes, it, I mean, there are things that they really like to help with, definitely. Yeah, I feel like it's their house, too. I feel like our girls take a surprising amount of pride when they oh, help with something. It feels grown up. It does feel grown up. you're trusting up. them. Yeah, you are trusting them. I feel like they learn skills. Now, I will, uh, I will acknowledge that it definitely slows things down at times, but that's just something we've gotten used to. We've grown to accept it. We still think it's beneficial, and we still feel like it, in the end, even though projects may take a bit longer, we ultimately are able to find more time in our schedule to do it when we involve our kids. Sure. Um, so even if they can't help, like, obviously they're not helping change light fixtures. That would be dangerous. <laughs> but even if they can't oh, help. come on. <laughs> we do try to find ways to actually keep them in the space that we're working on just so we can still all be together. So. so, so nice. <laughs> I love y'all. It is all. They're I the mean, sweetest little family. Oh, well, you're sweet. Our kids are pretty, I mean, they're girls. You know, I don't want to, like, gender stereotype here, but they're pretty happy to, like, color, and they don't need to be climbing outside to be happy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So we have done everything from just rolling out, you know, big rolls of that brown craft paper and literally giving them markers and stickers, <laughs> and they would sit there for hours coloring and putting stickers on things. But we do try to at least keep them in the space just so we can interact. And if we do that, we just try to find an activity that they can do while we're in there. Now, when they still napped, we were very strategic and we tried to do this hard things that they could not help with when they were sleeping and save anything that they could help with for when they were awake. So that's Or another. the things that you don't want them there for, you know, yes. if it's something dangerous or yes. they're going to be super annoying. Exactly. Not but that if, your kids are ever super annoying, but. Uh, they can be. I know, I, you. I love that you think they're sweet babies. Baby angels sweet all the baby time. Angels. <laughs> I promise quiet, they're not. Sweet, quiet baby angels. <laughs> they are quiet. Uh, but bottom line is if you have kids and you get them involved, you are going to find it much easier to find time to work on your house. Okay, but tip number seven is a big one, which is to, y'all, take breaks between big projects. And I can say this because we, we have made the mistake of going from big project to big project to big project. That if there's a time that Joe and I start not working well together, it's when we do that because we are tired, we are exhausted, we are over it, we're sick of living in a mess. I mean, it just, you you need time to mentally and physically recover from a big project. And this is a big one. 
It's only if you take sufficient breaks in between projects that you can really do what I talked about in tip one, which is come up with a cohesive plan for your next project. Like you need time to do that. So taking breaks between large projects allows you to recuperate. And yes, I really do mean recuperate. It's kind of big renovations are kind of like childbirth. Like you only do another one because you forget how intense it was. (laughs) intense it was. Well, and this is your job. And so if you're saying that, then the average person probably needs double the amount of time. Yeah. Yes. Like I would not recommend – it's funny because when we were talking about renovating our kitchen, our master bathroom sits directly above our kitchen. And so Joe said it might make sense to tackle both these renovations at once. And I was like, no, 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 no. Because I knew too much. I knew it would be too much. And luckily the contractors we met with were like, no, that's totally unnecessary. Um, But yeah, you're right. This is what I do for a living and I love it. And I'm telling you, we take breaks between big projects for a reason. So it gives us time to like recoup and have fun and say yes to all the things that we were saying no to when we were making a priority. It also gives us time to sufficiently plan in advance for our next project so that we don't waste time and money going forward. So those are my seven tips. What do you think? I mean, sounds doable. <laughs> Let me go home and get my pad out and start making notes. She is like. Yeah, no, I mean, I know and I, obviously I've, I'm familiar with your with the way you do things. You are. Um, and I have to say it has led to a lot of good discussions at our house okay. about how to or how to not yeah. move forward on specific projects. <laughs> well, also for the listeners, I feel like Tia's – there. I don't feel like the current house Tia and her husband are in at the moment is going to – they're not going to be in it in no. long term. It's not no. their forever home. And I do think the the analysis and the motivation well, yeah. is different when you know you're going to be moving Absolutely. on. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm giving you plenty of grace, And like, do I need – to possibly get divorced over this house. No. Let's no, wait until we're in our good. forever house to you're, you're good. really hammer stuff out. All right. So I'm just going to quickly recap. Tip number one, don't begin until you have a solid plan. Tip number two, make it a priority and say no to things. Tip number three is all about your mindset. You need to shift your mindset and how you think about things. Make it think. If you think it can be fun, it will be more likely to be fun. Tip number four is to set deadlines. Tip number five is ask for help. Number six is get your kids involved. And number seven is take breaks. I mean, I can't, I cannot lie. It does sound like really doable when you lay it all out for me just like that. (laughs) And I feel like, I mean, because I represent sort of the other half of the world. Yes. I can really speak for all of us that have the deal with overwhelm. Yes. And I mean... I think these are all really good tips to get motivated and sort of get going. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I feel like I feel like I should hold your feet to the fire and ask you no, to set a deadline don't. for one thing, just one thing while we're sitting here. Oh gosh. Tasha. What is what is something that you've wanted to do for a while? It can be small. It can be real small. Deal with my dining room table. <gasps> oh my gosh, we've been Okay, let's set I have a to paint. Okay, we have, I told Tia, we are going to paint your dining room table. It's going to look amazing. She ordered the paint, I feel like, four months ago. Oh, no, I think it was more like eight months or a year ago. It might. So I feel like sitting there. What what day are we? We're in March. Why don't we say by the end of April that project is going to be done? Thank you. That feels very doable. I was afraid you were going to give me like a week. Nope, I'm going to give you end of April. All right, we'll have to follow up with that on the podcast to make sure we've done it. But I'm giving us a deadline. There it is. No pressure, no pressure. Don't add us on that, okay? Don't don't send us comments on that. We'll let you know when it's <laughs> happened. 
All right. So we are also excited about the next colorful conversation we're going to be having for our next podcast. And it's another really awesome one. And we're going to discuss why creating a home you love really matters so much more than you think it does. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And don't forget, you don't have to wait until next week to find us. You don't. You can find us on Instagram. I am at Tasha.Kaleidoscope. And Facebook, we are Kaleidoscope Living. And I'm super excited about this. We have an amazing thank you just for listening to the episode this week. So I hope that now that you've listened, you're feeling excited about making a real effort to find slash make time to work on your home. And we have created a tool that will help you. So it's basically a mini project planning kit, if you will. And it's going to help you make a list of things you need to do and set deadlines for your next project. To get it, you just need to text all one word plan project to 44222 and we'll email it to your inbox. Again, plan project, all one word, text to 44222 and we will email it to you. All right. Now, before we leave, we just have one quick favor. We've given you so much information. Now, you do something for us and leave us a review on whatever app you're listening on. We appreciate all of them, I promise. And if we ever feature yours on the podcast, we'll send you something like that headshot I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) We'll send you a thank you, and it's super easy, but it helps us out so much. Yes, we would really appreciate it. And also, just remember that you can email us anytime at podcast at kaleidoscopeliving.com. Send us any questions about what you've heard, comments, tell us a joke, or just tell us that you love us. (laughs) We don't hear that enough. We don't. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, y'all. 